Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Everybody's on social media. They've seen the pictures of dry and frustration with the soybeans in South America, but it doesn't really tell the whole picture. We're going to find out about that today. Weather here in the U.S. too, spring and summer. What's in store for us? And it's popped up more. and We've heard more talk about it. And we've got the best expert to talk African swine fever as well, as that has reared its ugly head in China once again. Arlen Suderman is joining us with Stonex. So let's talk about that social media pictures, Arlen. I mean, they can be good and bad, but sometimes they don't tell the full picture. Yeah, they really don't. And just like here in the United States, if you have one area of the Midwest that has problems being either too dry or too wet, those pictures make it onto social media. And we get calls from our brokers in Brazil saying, wow, how widespread is this? Because it gives that perception. Well, the opposite is true as well. And uh, right now we're looking at uh, crop stress in Argentina because it's been dry for the past month. The first several weeks of that dryness, the temperatures were very mild, and so the stress was somewhat limited after seeing some decent rains in late January. But now as the soils are drying out, the temperatures are warming up, and they're seeing daytime highs in the 90s and low 100s in Argentina. And and the crops right now are going through the reproductive stages, so it's it's very critical. Uh, Think about it as being like early August type of a thing here in the U.S. Midwest as far as the crop um, development stages. Now, the coming seven days are expected to pretty much be more of the same. And um, then as we get into the 10th, 11th, and, and beyond, we're seeing some signs in the models that we're going to see an uptick in rains, not drought breakers, but an increase in scattered thunderstorm activity uh, which may be able to provide relief to 60 to 70 percent of the belt, but the midday models kind of pulled back on some of that, so we'll, something we'll have to watch. Further north, the problem is the opposite. As we get into northern Brazil, where they want to be and should have been harvesting the soybean crop over the past month, and then following the combines with planters to plant the safrina corn crop, it has been wet. It's normally pretty wet there anyway. It's why they have very light soils, um, and they normally get a lot of rain, but they're getting an abnormally large amount of rain. For example, in parts of northeast uh, Meta Grasso, which is the primary corn and soybean producing region of Brazil, uh, and I might mention Meta Grasso is 1.3 times the state of Texas, and it and it's so it's a large area. But northeast Meta Grasso, they had over eight inches just in the last week, and that follows a month of act, of an active rain pattern. So it is very wet. So we are seeing areas where they are seeing flooded fields. We're seeing fields that have been harvested where the beans have some real quality problems. But as I talk to our people on the ground there, uh, our staff who work there, um, they say that the quality problems are not yet widespread, that their biggest concern is the delay for the safrina corn planting. Brazil is a number two corn exporter in the world, right behind the United States. So what happens to their crop dramatically impacts what our exports are. If they have a short crop, we have a good export year in general. And so when you look at uh, their safrina crop, that's the biggest crop of the year for them. That's where most of their exportable supplies come from. For the two largest 
production areas are Mato Grosso and Perona, and in that order. And the shutoff time for the optimum planting window, which would be the equivalent of late May here in the United States, would be February 26th in Perona and February 28th for Mato Grosso. And as of um, last Friday, it looked like a third of the corn in that area was basically going to be unplanted yet because of these persistently wet conditions. Now, the price incentive is still there to plant it late and hope that it works out. In the United States, what we worry about if it plants late is a frost killing it before it finishes developing. In Brazil, the fear is uh, the end of the rainy season. Typically comes in mid to late April. They need it to last at least until mid-May this year with the late planting of the crop. But uh, the evidence in the models right now suggests it may end in early April. If so, they could have a significantly reduced crop size. Now, there is some evidence, again, that the pattern's going to start changing here by the middle of the month, allowing that field work to be done, but that's about two weeks late. So as a, as a U.S. producer here, as you talking about all of this, what is that equivalent to them as they get ready to do spring planting here in the States? Well, if you think of the possibility that Brazil's crop could be cut by 10 million metric tons or more, that would be the equivalent of increasing U.S. export demand by, say, 400 million bushels. So that would dramatically tighten our stocks if that were to happen. Um, so uh, two things that affect our exports. One is overall global demand, and China is at the center of that. The other would be, where does it come from? And if Brazil runs short of corn, that means more customers who normally buy from Brazil have to come from the United States, while at a time when we're busy supplying that Chinese demand. And we know that we're going to talk more about that when we come back from break, but looking at the, the long-term effects with the weather down there doesn't bode well for their, their winter-type months. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. And the Argentine crop looks like it's going to be affected to some extent with the dryness that they have as well. Not a crop failure, but a reduced crop. And Argentina would come in right behind Brazil in exports globally. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to talk about. When we come back from break, we're also going to look at what's happening in spring and summer weather here. As we know, we've got a lot of dry po pockets, especially if you looked at that latest drought monitor that came out from the USDA that they shared. Not only that, African swine fever. It continues to raise its ugly head, hearing of some herds being disposed of. We'll get all the details from Arlen. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex, and we left off talking really about all the craziness that's been happening in South America. So let's head north here to the United States. And what are you hearing for spring and summer outlooks for us? Well, we know that it's dry. Uh, if you look at the drought monitor, it really colors over the northwestern 40% or so of the Midwest corn and soybean belt. And uh, the further to the north and west you go, the drier it is. Uh, not much of a snowpack, and uh, so a lot of concerns in that area. 
As we look at the spring pattern, uh, climatologists feel like we're probably going to have a wet spring. There's not as much confidence about whether that wetness can can really, how far into that droughty area can it erode. Drought begets drought a lot, so confidence is somewhat limited. Um, but for the core of the Midwest, the sense is is that we're going to see a generally wet spring. Now, I don't hear anyone talking about the inability to get crops planted, but as one climatologist told me yesterday, we'll probably have some fairly narrow windows. I'm much less concerned about that in Nebraska uh, than I am in Iowa or even Illinois. I think there we're going to have to watch our windows for planting much more carefully and to make sure we get the crops in, but we probably will, I, I think, at this point. Um, then as we go into the summer, uh, things have changed dramatically. Um, the overall expectation was that we were going to have a good summer for production. Get the crops planted, we had the spring moisture, and then good good production this summer. Maybe a little on the warm side, but good moisture overall. That is changing somewhat. The risks are increasing for more of a hot, dry Midwest summer. Um, some forecast models started calling for a hot, dry summer about two months ago, and a climatologist I talked to said, not too concerned about it because the waters off the west coast are still warmer than normal, and especially off the Baja of California, and it's very difficult to get a high established oh, a blocking high pressure zone over the Midwest when those waters off the West Coast are warm. Um, and then suddenly over the past few weeks we've been seeing those waters unexpectedly and against what the models were suggesting have been starting to cool and now there's a dramatically cooler area of water below normal temperatures uh, really stretching from the southwest United States all kind of a narrow band all along the West Coast as cool water from the Gulf of Mexico feeds down along the coast, but then feeding right on from the Baja of California toward Hawaii, that area is all cool waters now. Um, will it continue into the summer? That's a big question mark. But when you have La Nina with that cooling off of the west coast and particularly off the Baja of California toward Hawaii, that oftentimes sets up high pressure over the Midwest during the summertime. The last time we had this extensive of coolness in those waters set up like this was in 2012-2013. Now in 2013 we didn't have La Nina so we had better production. 2012 though, don't have to talk to too many farmers too long before uh, they recall very clearly what the crops did in 2012. It was a hot dry summer especially in the western Midwest. So the risk has gone up. As I talked to the climatologist, you know a typical risk of a Midwest drought is maybe around 18 percent. Uh, I've asked a couple of different climatologists who we lean on quite a bit to have a lot of confidence in what do you think the odds are of a drought this summer and they've both independently different firms have said probably better than 60 percent right now. So that does raise some concerns particularly uh, for how tight our stocks are going into the growing season. Not what our listeners want to be able to hear, Arlen, but also know to prepare for it as much as they can. 
Yeah, exactly right. And if you're an end user listening to this, it's certainly something you ought to take note of because it was tight as stocks currently are. And from what we've talked about from South America production risks as well, it suggests that there is significant upside price risk to you if, in fact, that type of a forecast does verify. Um, so probably a lot of price volatility ahead for us, particularly with position limits increasing by 60 to 80 percent, depending on the commodity on March 15th. We talked about that before, but uh, I think we're going to have volatile markets for quite some time. African swine fever, we've got just a short amount of time. Quick, your thoughts. Um, you know, the government has almost refused to talk about it as if it doesn't happen, but we are seeing increasing evidence of lower production numbers, lower sow numbers now. Some say maybe uh, production's down by 15%. Now we're starting to see some softening of soy meal demand that seems to confirm it as well. All right, Arlen, best way for folks to get a hold of you. StoneX.com or over on Twitter. My handle's Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. They're not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.